Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Broadcasting live from the Hyundai studio, presented by your local Hyundai dealers. This is Chicago's number one and most listened to sports station. 670 The Score is Chicago Sports. Chicago Sports is The Score. WSCR and HD Chicago. WBMX HD2 Chicago. And Odyssey Station. The Score! score. Inside the Clubhouse is brought to you by Aloha Restoration, restoring your home to pre-disaster conditions. Can't exaggerate. Can't exaggerate how big it is to get them going. That's where it starts. They have some success and they're pros and they'll build on it, but that's, um, you know, it's to us and nobody on. It's an amazing rally. It's the difference between this and pro football. We don't have to wait a week to get rid of that one last night, say so. But um, obviously, Lopi was out there for one, and he was so dominant. We sent him out there really carefully, but you can't give enough credit to Davis. I mean, a couple of solo home runs, and the old thing, you don't get beat with solo home runs. And I mean, he made a lot of good pitches, and he kept it up, and very competitive, impressive, and critical to the win. Welcome back inside the clubhouse, Chicago Sports Radio 670. The score here until 11 o'clock with Bruce Levine. I'm David Haw. That was Tony LaRussa last night after the Sox bounced back with a victory over the Rangers. Started with a two-out rally. Jake Berger involved there. Yasmani Grandal had a big night. That was good to see. We're having Danny Mendick join us at 10:15. Bruce, I wanted to respond to your idea and notion and belief that I respect and opinion I do respect that Jerry Reinsdorf would not necessarily prevent Rick Hahn and or Kenny Williams from from doing what they need to do if it indeed involves firing Tony La Russa. I don't buy it because it wasn't it wasn't the case when they hired Tony La Russa. It was clear, even though it's never maybe been established or acknowledged on the record, it was clear Rick Hahn did not want to hire Tony La Russa as the manager. And Jerry Reinsdorf did it anyway. So I don't know. And the fact that he fired him once before is ancient history. And actually ancient history that contributed to the decision to hire him again which I think has no place in today's decision-making process. So I would push back a little bit and think that this is Jerry's call all the way. Now, I, again, I, I, I happen to know from covering Jerry Reinsdorf teams and the Chicago Cubs as well and Bulls and Hawks and Bears for 40 years, the fact that uh, Jerry will – listen any time to his his executives, talks to them all the time, and it's not his way or the highway when it comes to decisions. Rick Hahn has his area. Kenny Williams has his area. The fact that he did hire um, 
Jer- uh, Tony Larusa is a fact. I I agree with you, and based on that premise, I understand what your what your thought process is. I can tell you that if if Tony Larusa is not getting the job done, and Rick Hahn and and Kenny Williams want to fire Tony Larusa, that Jerry Reinsdorf will not only listen but likely respond to it if indeed that other criteria is there. Why do you want to fire him? Okay, I agree. Who are we going to hire to replace him before we do this? Well, that, that will be the criteria. The question, the alternative always has to be better than the what, what exists currently. Right, right. But, I mean, you brought up some, some ideas about AJ and Ozzy, and I, I think Ozzy, I think it's terrible that Ozzy hasn't gotten a job in, in 10 years, all because of uh, maybe – uh, the commentary that he made back in South Florida, you know, uh, you know, in, in 2012, I think to me it's disgusting because Ozzy is one of the more talented baseball people, smartest baseball people I've ever met. He should be running a team. So, you, you know, your idea about AJ, you know, I think AJ would be a great manager. I don't know uh, without any experience if you, you pop him in and try to win a World Series uh, in the middle of a season. But I think he's a, a talented baseball guy who's really smart. But again, it, it's going to have to be it's it's going to have to be somebody that you say full out. This is the guy, and this is why he's going to do better than Larusa. That's going to be the conversation. All right, let's zoom out here for a second, Bruce, because I I do think we're fixated on the one and two intentional walk, and and I don't want to you know parse and, and litigate and and all these these specific moves and what it means to the long term future of the White Sox and Tony La Russa, there are other examples. There are other games. My, I want to ask you this. You look at around baseball, and I can't explain it, and I don't think you can either, even though you've been around it a lot longer than I have. You look at teams that make changes, teams that change managers. It isn't always the case. You can't help but notice in the context of this season, the Phillies fired Joe Girardi a week ago Friday. They haven't lost since eight in a row. Mm-hmm. The Angels fired Joe Madden. They didn't get this, the immediate bounce, but you do see some signs uh, from people that cover that team that they are different. They have been revived. There's a bounce for a White Sox team that arguably is among the most disappointing in baseball. You can't tell me it's a radical idea or opinion to think that changing the manager would change this team's direction if indeed your, your conclusion is they are underachieving. They're underachieving because they've been hurt and they're not performing to the... These are professional guys that have been in the game for 10 years that we're talking about that are underachieving. You're not going to tell me that the manager is the reason why they're underachieving when it comes to Abreu not hitting, Grandal not hitting, okay? I don't think, I don't think that's the case. I, 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 I don't believe that to be true. I, I will say there have been times when changes were made that it woke up players and it's changed teams and and teams have gone on. But I will tell you, I think there's still a lot of talent on the Chicago White Sox uh, enough once they get Anderson back. They're not winning anything without Anderson, okay? So uh, once they get Anderson back and Eloy back, hopefully to the level he was two years ago, um, you know, they, they have a great chance to be a, a, a playoff impact team with the type of pitching that they can feature on this team. So I, I'm, I'm not qu- quite sure whether it's 
LaRusso or someone else that would change it. But I, I will I will tell you this. Uh, if if you if you fired Tony LaRusso or you didn't fire him, I think the same results are going to be there. OK, I think that this veteran team, mostly veteran team, is built to win. They just have not, for whatever reason you want to you want to think it is, whether it's the manager or the coaching or whatever, they just haven't performed up to the level that they're capable of. It's impossible to to prove, disprove your point because I don't think they're going to change managers and I can't guarantee that they would be better if they did. It's my suspicion. It's my opinion that they would. But I will tell you this. My conclusion would be that the longer if they can, they go with Tony LaRusso as the manager, just my opinion right now, and it's maybe a knee-jerk reaction to what happened, is that they're going to be limited and they're not going to reach the potential as a team, as a roster, uh, and they're not going to get the most out of the 2022 season. But we will continue this conversation. And you know what, Bruce? When we come back, you mentioned Tim Anderson's absence. You know who has stepped up in a big way? Danny Mendick. And he'll join us next inside the clubhouse. Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. We're back with more Inside the Clubhouse with Bruce Levine and David Haw on Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com. Danny Mendick charges this ball up into left field. Miller's back. Bring him home. Two more. 8-3. Bring him home. Welcome back inside the clubhouse. Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. David Haw, Bruce Levine here until 11 o'clock talking baseball. Thank you, NBC Sports Chicago, for the highlight. Jason Benetti calling last night's home run by Danny Mendick in the eighth inning in the White Sox victory. And Danny Mendick is kind enough to join us now in the guest hotline presented by Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports. But good morning, Danny. How are you? Good morning. I'm doing good. Thank you for joining us. I know it's a it's a long day and you had a big night. And I just let's start here. You have been asked to do a lot since Tim Anderson went down at the end of last month and since May 29th as the regular shortstop for the Chicago White Sox. What has been the biggest change in your approach if you change your approach at all? Um, no, you know, you just kind of, you know, I've prepared, uh, you know, when you're not playing every day, you prepare to have an opportunity like this um i've always been you know I, i've kind of been patiently waiting um just wanted to get an opportunity and, and every day that you know i didn't play or before this i treated it like i was playing so you know for this time to come um i was prepared for it danny it's great to have you on and, and obviously the biggest story around uh, uh the white Sox and, and baseball over the past uh 24 hours or, or 48 hours has been, uh, you know, Tony's decision the other day. Uh, you know, we're not asking you to criticize your manager. That's the last thing we would do. But uh, from your perspective, you know, what has been uh, the talk among the players about uh, all the attention that has gone uh, this way from that decision he made and uh, the attention thrown on the White Sox right now? Yeah, you know, I mean, I've, I've talked to Tony before about, um, you know, different things, but, you know, kind of in life, um, one thing that he said and, and we've both talked about, but, I mean, you make decisions and you believe in your decisions. So, um, you know, I, that same thing goes with everything that you do on a regular basis in life. You make a decision, you believe in that decision, and, and that's the decision you make. And, uh, you know, this game is, is crazy, you know, uh, the way it works sometimes, but, um, in the end, you know, we're a team, we're a family, we make every decision together and we go from there. Um, 
you know, end of story. That's a really good answer, Danny. I'm not surprised by by it. And I'm just curious, as, as you were standing there at shortstop when this decision was made, though, what was going through your mind and, and how would you describe the level of your surprise? Because as we know, with the one and two count, this has never done, been done before. So I would imagine you're watching and you're wondering and you're thinking, well, what are you thinking? Well, yeah, I mean, you just see, you know, you got a lefty matchup after that. Um, but you know, it's funny. I was Freddie actually stole that base on that pitch, and he asked me. He was like, "Is something happened? Do I have to go back to first base?" And I started laughing with him because he like he because he stole on the dirt ball read, and he was like, "I think did I mess up? Do I have to go back to first or something like that?" And we just started laughing. But no, you know, you just like I said, uh, you know, as as a team, when uh, decisions like that made, you you trust it, you go with it, and you know, you don't even nobody even. I don't, Nobody thought about it. Nobody thought about it twice. You just you just do it, and that's it. Stepping in for Tim Anderson, uh, not the easiest thing to do for anybody in baseball. You've done it, uh, and you've done it very well over the past 10, 12 days. Could the Danny Mendick of a year and a half or two years ago, after not having gone through ups and downs, up and back from the major leagues to the minor leagues, and and you know just getting experience could you have done this two years ago with the way that you've been able to now because because it's it's been pretty seamless the way that you stepped in there yeah you know i'd like to believe i could but uh there's a lot of things that i've experienced that the ups and downs the you know the highs and the lows the different things like that the lessons you learn the failures and all that stuff um that's kind of helped me put everything together so um, you know, even just my life in general, the way things have turned out, um, I've been able to fail and understand how I fell and get better from that. Um, so to have the opportunity, you know, I, like I said, I've been, I've been patiently waiting for an opportunity and I knew that it was going to come and the whole thing was just to be ready for it. So, um, you know, here we are now and it's been great, but uh, still got a lot of baseball to play and got to keep it going. Joined by Danny Mendick, the White Sox infielder, filling in for Tim Anderson at shortstop and doing a terrific job this season here and inside the clubhouse, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 to score. Danny, you alluded to overcoming things, and you were a 22nd-round draft pick in 2015, and you have been a part of the White Sox organization for a long time now, seven years. And I just think when you reflect back and you you refer – and you're not in a position to to get complacent, and I know that you won't, but what was the biggest obstacle to overcome? And when you look at, boy, things started to turn around when I did this, what is that point? Um, you know, it, it was kind of – I always say this, but it was um, when I was in high A and uh, Willie Harris was my manager, um, I was kind of just – it wasn't like I was just playing, but I was playing with, you know, just the way I used to – you know, I would, I would just play baseball. And – uh Willie kind of taught me to play with a, a chip on my shoulder, and he told me how to go out there and get after it. And, you know, when you're on the baseball field, you got to beat everybody. And um, it kind of just translated. And after that, I kind of learned how to, you know, be picky about the little things, be extra grindy, be, and just play all out. And uh, that kind of turned my career around. And then I got to the big leagues, and, you know, you go through ups and downs and, and stuff like that. So, um, you know, confidence comes and goes sometimes. But after, you know, a year or so, I really learned how to harness my energy into good. 
and just play the best baseball that I can play and have a chip on my shoulder and know what kind of player I really am. Danny, we always hear from managers and coaches about uh, reminding players to have fun and that uh, if you don't have fun, you're not going to be able to go out there and uh, get the best out of your ability and the best out of yourself and your teammates. That said, how do teams and, and how does this White Sox team stay in the mode of being loose and having fun when they haven't really, you know, lived up to the expectations that not only the fan base and media and everyone else expects, but, but your own expectations to this point. Yeah. You know, I mean, um, we play 162 games, you know, so there's a lot of baseball that, that gets to be played. Um, you know, I think everyone would love for us to go 162 and oh, but, um, that's just not possible. You know, in the end of the day, um, however you get to the playoffs and however you win a world series, um, you know, it doesn't matter if you have the ring on your hand. So, um, you know, right now, yeah, we might not be, you know, where we want to be, but um, it's a long process. And I'll tell you what, we're going to, we got a great clubhouse of guys and the energy is high. And I feel like, you know, this is going to turn around for us and we're going to have a lot of success. Um, it's just about, you know, living in the present, taking it pitch by pitch and playing today rather than, you know, looking in the future, looking in the past. We got to win today. We got to win every pitch today. Danny, I'd like to thank you, first of all, because next time I refer to you on the radio, I'm going to use extra grindy as a descriptor <laughs> way to describe your role on this White Sox team. And, and every team needs a guy who is extra grindy. And I think that in all seriousness, Tim Anderson is going to come back. We all know he's the catalyst and one of the most valuable players in Major League Baseball. Second base continues to be kind of a in you know a position where there's been a lot of different guys tried. You have played second base probably I think at the major league level a little bit more than you have at shortstop. How prepared are you to maybe play there more often? And how much has this success in in Tim's place maybe made you feel like you're more capable of stepping forward? Yeah, I mean there's there's no replacing a Tim Anderson. The guys you know, leader of the team, every time he's in the lineup, um, he just makes it happen. So, you know, in no way, shape, or form do I ever think that. But, um, you know, I, I did want to be able to hold it down for him so that he knew and had some confidence that, that it could be done. Um, but that being said, you know, we want him to get healthy and be back in the lineup soon. Um, and, yeah, I mean, I, I have played, you know, more second base probably because of T.A., but, um, you know, I – I love every position on the on the diamond, um, and I would love to you know be able to slide over to second base and play there when TA comes back. But you know, I just got to keep doing that thing, and you know, I wish I could say I wrote the lineup, but I don't. So um, you know, we'll keep getting after it and see how it goes. Last one for me, and and thanks a lot for uh, joining David and I today. We appreciate it very much. You alluded to conversations you had with Tony Larusa. How often do those take place, and how impactful have those been for you with uh, with Tony since uh, he's joined the club? Um, it's been good. I mean, me and Tony get along really well. Um, you know, I, I'm pretty much – I like to learn. I like to kind of see how things are going and, and learn how what people think as the game goes on so that I can understand a little more. Um, so there would be different times me and Tony would have conversations about the game or, you know, just life in general. Um and, you know, he does a good job just being able to, to converse with the players and, and, and talk. So, um, you know, having conversations like that, you, 
just keeps everything loose, keeps the team loose, and uh, that's the one thing that you know we got to keep. We can't be uptight about anything. We got to always remember that you know, like you talked about earlier, but you got to have fun, and and we do. We get to play a game for a living, so um, you know we got to keep that in perspective. But in the same sense, go out there and do our jobs and uh, and get it done. So you know, I think we look forward to where we're heading, but based off of what I said earlier, we, you know, we just go out there. We're trying to win every pitch. Great attitude, Danny Mendick. Thank you for joining us this morning and best of luck the rest of the season, whether you're playing shortstop, second base or wherever you're offering your extra grindy skills to the White Sox. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you guys. Danny Mendick, infielder for the White Sox, Bruce, you know, every team does need a guy like that. And I think he has really, should I say surprise the Sox by how good he has yeah, been in Tim Anderson's I would say absence? That's fair. Is that fair? Yeah, David, you know, not only is it fair, but I think what we miss sometimes, and uh, I talk about it a lot, um, is that they have players that are still in player development, okay? Right. Yeah, they're, 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 they're going toward trying to win a World Series. We're all focused in hearing the message from Rick Hahn all the time. We're going to win a World Series, okay? But – in, in reality, situations uh, like came up th- that came up uh, just like with Sheets, who was so good last year and couldn't get it going this year. Uh, Sheets going back to the minor leagues doesn't mean we'll never see him again. It just means he needs more player development. He needs to get it together. Mendick has been down more than once or twice uh, over the past two, two to three years, um, you know, honing his skills. Uh, Uh, Going back to what you talked about, uh, the mental part of the game, uh, you know, convincing yourself you belong here. Uh, That was a great question you threw his way. And uh, and that is real. Uh, That's why Danny Mendick can step in right now, get the job done at shortstop. A lot of people would freeze up. I don't know if Mendick two years ago uh, would be capable of doing it without player development, without personal development. So these are factors as well that we're, we're... when we're watching the White Sox and uh, understanding, you know, we want them to win a World Series. Everybody who watches them does. But there's still a lot of development going on. That's a great point. He reminds me a little bit about, speaking of development, Chris Getz, the guy in charge of the White Sox minor league right. development, the kind of player he was, the kind of player Danny Mendick is. We'll continue this conversation. That's what you have heard from us. What about from you? 312-644-6767. Call and let us know. It's inside the clubhouse here on Chicago Sports Radio 670, The Score. We're back with more Inside the Clubhouse with Bruce Levine and David Haw on Sports Radio 670, The Score. We'll get him examined when we get back to Chicago uh, on Monday. He he's, uh, came out a little shoulder soreness. Uh, some of the stuff he's been dealing with, um, felt it on, on a, you know one pitch, tried to push through it a little bit. Welcome back inside the clubhouse, Chicago Sports Radio 670 to score. David Hall, Bruce Levine. That was David Ross after last night's Cubs loss in 13 innings to the New York Yankees talking about Wade Miley. Doesn't sound good, Bruce. And now Wade Miley goes on the injured list, presumably joining Marcus Stroman there. And by the way, Kyle Hendricks, the number one starter in this rotation, hasn't thrown since... June 1st, as David Ross said before the game, he's working through some things. It doesn't sound good, Bruce, when you have your number one, your number two, and your number three starter not available. Not good. Not good for the Cubs. No, it's going on with the rotation. You're right, David. 
You're right. Sorry to step over there. Uh, you're you're 100 percent right. Uh, but you know, as they always say, one man's uh, problem is another man's opportunity, and uh, that that leaves more room for Thompson, Steele, and hopefully Caleb Killian coming back up from the minor leagues now to start uh, in that rotation. There's there's no there's no need, I don't think. And uh, you know, again, David Ross and the front office talked a little bit about Killian and his nice start that he had uh, last week. There's there's no need to hold him back at this point. There are things that they want him to continue to work on. There's no reason on this team that he can't keep working on those things at the major league level. Well, even if you want to put him in the bullpen, which I doubt, uh, you know, it, the future right now is Thompson, Steele, Killian. You know, those are the guys that are going to have to start making it happen. As you said, uh, Hendricks has been going through some physical issues that have been uh, – uh, you know, not not described, uh, you know, maybe it's a hockey hockey term uh, upper body, you know, right now. But it, it's definitely he hasn't been right for about uh, two and a half weeks. And uh, there there is uh, definitely a situation here that they have to watch him. So uh, no, no better time. We were talking about player development with the White Sox. No better time for player development than for the Chicago Cubs with Thompson, Steele, Killian, three legitimate arms, three legitimate young pitchers that are going to have to go through some of their bumps and bruises. And uh, probably this is a likely time to start it. I love when you talk hockey, Bruce. Uh, so let's stay with a couple more Cubs <laughs> questions be, until we get to the, to the phone lines, we have some callers on hold. But, Bruce, I don't get the Clint Frazier decision. They DFA'd Clint Frazier. Kyle, uh, I, I think when you look at Jason Hayward getting more at-bats, he certainly had a big night last night in New York. What was behind the Clint Frazier decision? Because if you have a team that is in developmental mode, don't you want to see more from a guy whose, own, whose development was stunted by something out of his control? Appendectomy. That, that was something that wasn't fair, but he doesn't fit. No at-bats. Okay, David, that's my simple answer. So you have, uh, you have uh, certainly Ian Happ having a good year in left field. You have Morrell, who's been one of the bright spots in the organization and in baseball playing center. Uh, you not only have a, a need spots for um, Hayward, but you, you're having Suzuki come back as maybe as early as today. There, there just were no at bats left for for Frazier, and uh, you know they weren't they weren't at the point where they're saying, you know what, uh, we're, we're we're letting Jason Hayward go. Uh, yeah, we own 36 million, and it's time for. Uh, someone else to take some of those at bats. I think what they what they're looking at in the second half, if they're injury free, is you know Hap, uh, Morrell, and uh, and certainly uh, Suzuki. So I think it was just a numbers situation for Frazier. Got to ask you this because it happened this week. The arbitration hearing that I think everyone was dreading was averted because the Cubs and Wilson Contreras came to an agreement. They split it down the middle. $9.625 million will be his salary for 2022, Bruce. Sahad of Charmin wrote, wrote a very good uh, story in The Athletic about the potential for this leading to a contract extension, not necessarily saying that it would, but examining why it would or wouldn't. What do you think about this as a step in that direction? Because I'm skeptical. I still think he's probably going to be traded at the same time, the arbitration hearing, to me, represented a point of no return because of what that represents 
and they avoided that, do you see any hope? You know, I, I do and, and I don't because I, I'm leaning toward you that he's going to be traded. Uh, but I, I also look at uh, the maturity factor of uh, Contreras. And we know he's a, a high-strung guy as far as emotion, and he brings a lot of that to the field, which they like, uh, some of it that they don't like, okay? Um, from, from the perspective of having played to maybe the highest level of his career so far this year in the first 60 games and having had free agency and possible trade over his shoulder, it's got to open your eyes if you're Jed Hoyer and company and say, you know what? There's some maturity here. There is a different growth. guy here. Yep. <laughs> there is growth. That's a good term. <clears throat> Excuse me. And uh, then you say, then you turn it around and say, well, okay, at age 30, is he the guy that we want catching Thompson, Steele, Killian, Alzelay, the other young pitchers that start coming through the organization? Is he the right guy? Uh, David Ross is a part of that process when he sits down and talks to uh, <clears throat> Hoyer and the other executives, the coaching staff. So I think there's been some difference. Uh, I think it's opened their eyes. So that's why I won't say it's a slam dunk that they won't sign him to a long-term deal. Also, the reality of finding catchers. Look how difficult it was over the past two years for the White Sox to be able to find a proper backup catcher for Grandal when he's not out there. Look at the eight catchers that the Cubs had to use last year, none to any satisfaction when Contreras wasn't in the lineup or when he was hurt. Uh, it, it's a factor. You just don't find catchers uh, hanging off of every branch of every tree that you walk by. Uh, th these are things that you know are considerations, and that's why I won't say for sure that he won't get a long-term contract. Uh, but my gut tells me that age, at age 30, David, and I'd like your opinion too, that um, he's the right catcher on the wrong team right now. Maybe, because the Cubs have identified the direction they want to go, which might take more time, which might exclude somebody who is a 30-year-old catcher from being part of that process. At the same time, Bruce, as much as I expect him to get traded, I don't necessarily agree that's the right direction because I think as an organization, if you can't afford to do this, and the Cubs certainly can, you keep a strength of strength. And Wilson Contreras, at least for the next couple seasons, two to three to four seasons, you could envision him being a strength in the middle of this lineup or at the top of this lineup or in this lineup. And I think as a catcher, he still gives you 100 to 120 games per season. And when you have a catcher as your manager, a former catcher in David Ross, sometimes I wonder if those intangibles you're talking to that they value so much are less important because you do have those attributes. You do have that collective intelligence in your dugout anyway. Pay Wilson. Keep him here, even though I don't think that's going to be the case. Yeah, uh, David, uh, I don't know deep down – if the Cubs feel that Wilson Contreras is the leader of this team going forward. Right. That's it, isn't I, it? I mean, in I, a nutshell. And I've watched him here for six years, and I've watched how he goes about his job, and uh, the passion is fantastic. He's a tremendous individual. He's getting the most out of his ability. But the, 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 the answer I do not have is, do David Ross and Mr. Hoyer – Right. And Mr. Hawkins, when they sit down in a meeting, say, 
this is a face of our catching. This is a face of our pitching going forward. I do not have that answer for you. Bruce Scores listener line is powered by BetQL. Bet smarter, beat the books. Download the BetQL app today or visit BetQL.com. And that's where we find Jack, who is in Hillside. Good morning, Jack. Welcome to Inside the Clubhouse. Uh, thank you very much, David. Good morning, Bruce. Uh, Good morning. You know, fellas, there's so much uh, there's so much to go over, and I don't really feel like relitigating this intentional base on balls. But I, I will say this, uh, that uh, based on a David Schoenfeld article in which David Hall was quoted and they referenced Ben Clemens, I guess he's an industry standard stat guy from Fangraphs, the bottom line, despite all the headlines, the very bottom line David Schoenfeld came up was to say that decision came down to 29, 21.9% to 22.9% difference in the two options, essentially a coin toss. So that's on him and, and you folks to argue about the numbers. It didn't matter which way he went. Uh, but be that as it may, I'd rather uh, talk about some of the other things. One is, uh, I believe the, the call for Larusa, and I'm not his fan, by the way. I wanted uh, AJ Hinch to come to town, but uh, that the narrative was written when he came before he showed up. He's old. He's out of touch. The press hates him. I believe the sports media hates him because he refuses to interact with you. And uh, so I'm wondering, Bruce. You know the man well. Uh, I, I assume does. I, I think Tony does himself a terrible disservice by his the way he acts when he's being interviewed. Does this man speak differently? Does he speak in complete mm-hmm. sentences, uh, paragraphs? He knows what he's doing, but we, he ends up looking like he, you know, it's awful. Uh, one other thing, though, on Ozzie Gian that you want to manage, I rarely listen to him, but I did happen to catch one thing from him last night. He, he repeated this, too. It's better, he feel, it's better to be lucky than good in baseball. I'd rather be lucky. That, if that's your philosophy for managing that you want, uh, good. I, I'm not a fan. Thanks, Jack. Okay. Uh, so, Thanks. And I, time for maybe a couple of positives that you have. You tend to overlook that's going on because we're focused on the more controversial. If I can do that. Sure. No, you already cut me off. Oh, okay. Uh, well, for example, in the past week, they won that game in Toronto in the eighth inning. Uh, Angle, uh, the, the senile guy in the dugout put – Angle in uh, to pinch it, he delivered. Then he put in Berger to pinch it in the eighth inning. They won that game. So I don't remember anyone saying, hey, great thoughts there that worked. Thanks, Jack. Thanks. Appreciate the phone call. Look, Bruce, I'll let you respond, but I, I will. It's it's fair game. I I don't think, and this is what I pushed back yesterday during the Mullion Haw show. Not pushed back, but just pointed out. You don't need to refer to Tony LaRusso's age when you are evaluating him as a manager. I don't think any of these decisions that I've questioned, I don't think any of the, the direction that I uh, w- would like to see the Sox t- go have anything to do with the fact that he is, is too old for the job. Whatever decisions he's made that I don't think are good ones, whatever lineups he's constructed that I think are flawed have nothing to do with that. It is not personal in my case. Some people may be, Cross the line is Jack is referenced, but I don't think you have to go there to have a problem with the way that Tony LaRusso has managed this team. Well, he was saying it tongue in cheek, you know, about uh, being senile because of the fact that he's made a lot of good decisions along the way. Look, Tony LaRusso is a brutally honest guy. I have had 
many ups and downs with Tony La Russa over 40 years, okay? Uh, I'm, I'm not a supporter. I'm not a, uh, a guy that's looking to get him fired or keep him hired. I look at him as a baseball manager. I, I see his answers. They're all honest. Uh, people, people aren't going to like him. When, 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 he's, when he steps up sometimes and says, you know, I'm defending this. It was based on this logic. I'm not backing down from it. I, I, I like that. I like the fact that he's a man, whether you agree with it or not, and I didn't agree with it either, uh, I, I like the fact that it's a guy that's not buckling under pressure from other people on a decision that didn't work out to uh, change the narrative. He's not going to do that. He tells you exactly how he feels all the time, and uh, some of it you're not going to like. That's just the way it is. And if Jack, I'm sorry, if you think Ozzy Guillen's baseball uh, acumen is reduced to him saying uh, facetiously, it's better to be lucky than good, you don't know Ozzy Guillen. And that's not giving him the respect he deserves as a smart baseball man and, and the way that he handles himself. So I, I don't know that I would take much of that uh, <clears throat> with anything more than a grain of salt. Let's go to Mike in Glencoe. Good morning, Mike. Welcome inside the clubhouse. Good morning, fellas. And I think the the overarching observation I had today is you know, we wake up this morning looking at the news of $5 gas and 8.6 inflation rate, and we get to spend a fascinating two hours discussing this issue. And I think that's that's the beauty of baseball, and that's the good news in all of this. Um, I, I have to admit on the Tony issue, I've never liked LaRusse as a manager. He was always a crabby guy when he was young. He's a crabby guy now. He's not fun. He's not enjoyable. I've also had a soft spot for Mr. Reinstorf because 40 years later, we're not very good, but the Sox are still here. That notwithstanding, Bruce, to your question, who wears this? I think the person who wears this situation is the person. And I don't know who it is, and maybe it's multiple people, but it's the persons who ultimately created a situation in which we went out and our big off-season acquisition was Josh Harrison. And I mean that not to criticize the individual Harrison, but he was a washed-up player when we got him. And in the environment that thought that that was going to be the answer to second base is ultimately the environment that causes us to focus on uh, Tony's decision the other night. It's a much bigger picture. And, Bruce, you may know who those people are, but in my mind, that's where the fault lies. Uh, and we ought, to be, we ought to be seeing that those people are held accountable, not necessarily Tony at this point. What's your thinking, Thanks, Bruce? Appreciate it. Go ahead, Bruce. Well, uh, David, you know, I, I just look at, uh, you know, the situation and, and I – I look at uh, Tony La Russa and I, I look at, you know, where he's at uh, in his career. It, it's, he's not going to change. Uh, and, and he wasn't hired by Jerry Reinsdorf, Reinsdorf to change. He just asked him to be Tony La Russa. He felt he was right for the team. The, the record eventually on the field, uh, when they get their team back healthy and uh, we see the conclusion of the season, that, that'll, be, uh, that'll be the final judgment on Tony La Russa. If this team is healthy and it doesn't compete the way it was supposed to, uh, regardless of the player's input or not, uh, Tony La Russa will have to stand there and take the criticism for it. He will have to be the guy to stand up and say either he got the job done or he didn't. David, remember, and we, we're running out of time, but remember at the end of last year, after they lost to Houston, the first thing he said when he's asked if he's going to be back, he said, that's going to be up to the players and the people I work for, even though he already had a contract. 
So it'll, it'll be the same situation after this year. We'll see where the White Sox end up. And if it's not uh, where they're supposed to be and uh, the players have done their part, Tony La Russa will have to wear it. Well, we're going to have to agree to disagree only from the standpoint of I don't think it goes beyond uh, Jerry Reinsdorf when you're talking about the decision that's going to be made. Rick Hahn, the general manager, Kenny Williams, the team president, I don't know if they feel as adamant that Tony La Russa is the right man for the job or not because I think this was a, a one-man committee who did this back yeah. when they hired There's a difference between hiring and firing. They're two different things. But it's the same type of transaction. No, and it's the I don't, same I don't type think so. I don't think Jerry Reinsdorf has ever fired a, a manager. You know what the great part is, Bruce? We can continue this conversation next Saturday and also throughout the week. Molly and Haw every morning, 5 to 9. Bruce will be on as he typically is. And we'll continue to see White Sox today play uh, at home against the Rangers. The Cubs here on the score, 540 pregame with Zach out at Yankee Stadium with uh, Swarmer, Matt Swarmer on the mound at Yankee Stadium for the Cubs. Steve Rosenblum, 11-2, to follows us, Bruce. He has Nancy Armour, Mark Grody, Scott Merkin, and Hub Arkish as his guests. Bruce, this has been a lot of fun. It's been great, David. Great having you back. People can follow me on Twitter at MLB Bruce Levine. On our website, I write Cubs and Sox, 670thescore.com. Looking forward to an exciting week of baseball and talking to you next week, David. Great job. Thank you, Sean Sears. Thank you, Danny Mendick. Thank you, Jason Benetti. Thank you for listening inside the clubhouse. Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, oh, oh. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.